Hi, this is Jay Gennaro with the Gavanti Group, and I'm here with Sean Hartford, Vice President, Controller, and Principal Accounting Officer at Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is a publicly traded global education technology software company, and Sean is going to share his thoughts on a variety of topics with us. Sean, thanks for joining us today. Jay, thank you. Very, uh, very happy to be here. Sean, if you could g- give us a two-minute bio on your professional background. Sure. So, um, like a lot of folks, I, I started my career in public accounting. I spent about 11 years as an auditor with BDO Seedman in the Washington, D.C. area, where I worked on a variety of engagements, mostly small to medium-sized public companies in a variety of industries um, in the Washington, D.C. area. The last couple years in public accounting, I was asked to go to London, where I was the U.S. GAP SEC reporting expert um, based in, in the U.K. office in London. I was responsible for reviewing all of the firm's U.S.-related work, making sure that it was prepared in accordance with, with U.S. auditing and accounting rules. Um, when I came back to the States, I decided that it was, it was time to do something a little different. So I, I joined AOL. And I spent almost seven years at AOL where I ran the accounting policy group, working on a lot of complex accounting issues, a lot of revenue recognition, a lot of acquisition work, a lot of disposition work. And then um, was was lucky enough to participate in the spinoff of AOL from Time Warner, which made AOL a, a separate public company again, um, which they just recently lost as they got acquired by Verizon. Um and then I spent a couple years at Comscore in Reston. I was the senior director of SEC reporting and technical accounting. And then most recently, um, as you said, I'm the v- vice president, controller, and principal accounting officer here at, at Rosetta Stone, where I am responsible for the company's worldwide accounting and financial reporting, and I manage a team of about 35 people. What do you feel like, you know, from your perspective, are the top trends, threats, or opportunities related to accounting for public companies? The accounting landscape is, is interesting at the moment. I think one of the, one of the threats that I see has been in, in the last couple of years, um, the, the independent auditors reacting to the PCOB inspection findings. I feel like that the, the auditors have been Asking, asking questions and performing audit work and audit procedures directly related to some of the PCOB inspection findings that they, they have been getting. And, and it's a lot of, I think, additional work around entity-level controls and the integrated audit. It's, it's gotten away from, did the company get the right accounting and the right disclosure and a lot more focused on did the company have the right process in place and did they consider all of the various alternatives around the accounting for a particular transaction. And in my mind, those, those types of, of activities don't provide incremental value to, to the audit. Um, they're more timely. They're more costly. And I think they ultimately end up costing the company more money. They take away from from operating profits, and I don't know that they provide a ton of additional information to the investing public and the users of, of financial statements. And so I'm, I'm concerned about that. Um, I think that you know, the financial statements are an extremely important 
vehicle for the company to distribute its message. And I, I feel like that there's um, this is something that needs to get looked at. I know that that folks at the SEC and the PCOB are are evaluating this, but I think that's a that's a major threat that we're going to see, um, hopefully resolved in the next couple of years. Do you feel like there are any opportunities, um, you know, within within the field as well? I do. I think that there are, um, you know, as the um, you know, especially around, um, there's a, a new project on, on disclosure effectiveness that, that the SEC is looking at um, and, and the new revenue recognition. I think there's a lot of opportunities for, for, for folks in, you know, in the world of accounting at a public company. I think that, you know, um, we, we're continually changing and trying to react to you know, the different shareholders. And I think there's, um, there's a lot of opportunities for folks to become, you know, specialized in, in revenue and some of the disclosure effectiveness. And, and so, yeah, I think those are some good opportunities for folks. Are you currently um, instituting any, what you would consider innovative strategies or ideas within your department? You know, it's really it's really tough to be innovative in the world of accounting. But a, right. a couple of things that that we've done here at Rosetta Stone, and I've done it at some other places, is really to utilize technology. Um, I have a number of folks on my team who work remotely. Um, you know, and you know, I have I have a person based in Philadelphia. I have someone in Chicago. I have someone in Arizona. And these are all these are all you know employees that used to work in the office here in, in Arlington and for a variety of reasons decided that they needed to, you know, they needed to relocate and make a change, but they wanted to stay with the company. And so we've been able to use technology to facilitate that. And um, I'll be quite honest with you, with the advent of and the usage of things like BlueJeans and Skype and other technology tools, um, it's almost like you know, those folks are in the office. And so I've got, you know, I think that's one of the things we've been innovative about is allowing folks to, to work remotely. Um, the other thing that we've, we've done and I've done in a couple places is, um, and not to, not to plug any products, but using, using technology for the preparation of our SEC reporting, we've, okay. we've done a real good job of, of adopting, um, WDesk, which is a, a document management tool, um, that, you know, combines word processing and spreadsheets into a really effective tool for being able to prepare and review and comment on and ultimately file SEC filings. And it's a web-based product. And so, again, using technology to maximize that work-life balance, people can, you know, people can work on documents um, remotely and you don't you don't have any of those those issues like you you did when you were trying to use things with you know preparing documents for SEC filings with Word and using a printer. Um, it's just made made life a lot easier. Do you see any pro- productivity drop off when people are working remotely? Um, no, I think that um, I I haven't with with my folks, and I think that's that's something that you need to be be concerned about, but. You know the folks on my team that have, that are doing that remote. They're all relatively high up in my organization and all professional, 
and um, you know we've we've got a real good culture of hey we're all professional and we know what needs to be done and sometimes you know sometimes you can't you can't always work in the nine to five time frame and so I have a lot of folks who have who have small children and they'll you know they may come in later as they get their kids ready for school or whatever the case may be and they they will generally leave a little earlier um, but then they'll be back online later in the evening catching up and 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 doing that sort of thing so I right. I haven't seen the productivity but you do have to be flexible and you have to um, you know you have to allow your folks to kind of manage themselves I think it's a risk certainly um, we pay attention to it, but I haven't seen any issues uh, firsthand with us. What do you feel has been the biggest challenge you faced in your current role, and, and what did you do to overcome it? Okay. Um, you know, for me personally, um, as I was going through my bio, I didn't, I didn't manage a lot of really large teams. And um, when I took this role at, at Rosetta Stone, not only was I managing, you know, like I said, it was, it was probably 40 people when I started, but it was, it was all over the world. Um, so I have, I had a team here in Arlington, which I still do. I have a very large team down in Harrisonburg, Virginia. I have, um, I had some remote people and then I had some folks based in the UK, had some folks, folks based in France. And so I had, I had people spread out all over the world and at a lot of different levels. Um, you know, I had five or six, um, direct reports. And so, you know, those folks I was able to, to manage, but I, I hadn't experienced managing, you know, a large spread out team like that before. And so it wasn't, it wasn't so much a, you know, an obstacle or something to overcome. It was just something that was new for me. And so when I got here, I did a lot of listening and listening to, to the people, listening to, you know, all the members of the team, understanding, what they did, what their goals and desires were, where they saw themselves fitting into um, the organization as a whole, um, and and then I and then I really empowered my my direct reports to to lead their teams and to manage their teams. Um, I didn't I didn't come in and try to micromanage things. I didn't come in and say, hey, this is this is the way we're doing this. We're changing it. You know, I, I did a lot of listening and made small incremental challenges. And, you know, I didn't want to be, I didn't want my, my methodology was, look, if you come into this role, you don't have to impress everybody on day one, right? Impress them with your ability to listen mm -hmm. and to make, you know, incremental changes as you go along where needed and, and people will respect you more and people will, will rise to the challenge. And so for, for me personally, that was one of the big, big challenges that I had in this role. What do you feel like has been your biggest professional achievement to date? For me personally, it was when I got asked to to go to London for two years and, and really represent the U.S. firm of BDO Seedman in the U.K. Um, it was a very autonomous position. I, I worked in an office with, with 800 people, and I was, you know, I was really responsible for making sure that all of the U.S. related work that the U.K. firm was doing was done in, in accordance with the U.S. auditing standards and financial statements were prepared in accordance with U.S. GAAP. And it was it was a very eye-opening experience. It was a lot of fun. Um, 
And, and for me, that was, that was my biggest achievement, being able to, to go there and work, work in another, another country and to really you know, do something different. How did you get the role? Did you, did you lobby for it? Were you just sort of handpicked for it? How did that come about? So I was, I was essentially handpicked for, for the role. Um, there, was, um, there was somebody over there who had done it for the first time. Um, she had been there for a couple of years and a partner that I worked with for a number of years in the Washington, D.C. office who, who ultimately had moved to Chicago and was part of the national office um, you know, came to me and said, hey, I have this opportunity. I think you'd, you'd be great in this position. Um, you know, it's a very autonomous role. You kind of have to be able to stand up to, to partners, um, you know, and, and, um, and so, yeah, I got, I got handpicked for that, for that role. And just the last question, imagine you're in a time machine and you can go back to the beginning of your career working for publicly traded companies or even working in public accounting. What advice would you have given your younger self? So, um, not so much out of, um, in public accounting, but when I got out of public accounting, like I said, I spent a number of years at, at AOL and I, um, I was, I was technically in the same role for, for all of those years, but the company changed, um, pretty significantly every couple of years because we got a new CEO and a, and a new CFO and a new management team every couple of years. And we were always doing something new and exciting. And so it felt, it felt like it was a new company and I felt like I was changing jobs, but I, I really wasn't, I was doing kind of the, the same, you know, accounting policy, technical accounting roles, um, for all of that time. And if I, while I enjoyed that tremendously and provided me with, um, the flexibility to, to do a lot of things with my, my family and those, those younger, when my kids were younger, um, if I could go back, I probably would, would advise myself to, um, you know, transfer and, in, and in, into different roles and try different things mm-hmm. within AOL. It was a large enough company where you could get, you could go into revenue, you could go into, you know, shared services, you could go into the expense side, you could do a couple of different things. You could, you know, maybe do a stint in the planning and budgeting organization. I would have, I would suggest to my younger self to try to do that just to broaden that skill set and to become a little more operational. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the roles. That's one of the challenges I think I've faced with this role in particular is um, I don't have quite the level of, of operational experience that, that I'd like. Um, and so that'd be the advice I'd give, I'd give a younger me. So today we've spoken with Sean Harford from Rosetta Stone. Uh, thanks for your time, Sean, and we appreciate your fantastic insights. Thank you, Jay. My pleasure. Have a good day.